Hey there, fellow truth seekers. It's Jamie Grogan, founder of Solutions for Solopreneurs, an organization dedicated to the healers of the world. We remove the tech overwhelm and the confusion that comes with it. This podcast serves those who need a soft place to fall, a comforting and accepting space to explore the spiritual world. So settle in and listen as our guests share their struggles, challenges, and triumphs on their way to entrepreneurship. Hi, everybody. It's Jamie Grogan with Solutions for Solopreneurs. We are continuing our series, Journey to Entrepreneurship. Today, we're speaking to Kathy, and I'm going to give her a minute to introduce herself. But first, I want to make sure that you know that you are in the right place. If you are listening to this podcast or if you've stumbled upon the YouTube series, understand that nothing happens by coincidence. And so no matter your socioeconomic status, no matter your age, race, background, you can start a business. You can launch that passion project. You can launch that side hustle and you can make your life better. You can. And today we're going to talk to Kathy and hear about how she has made her life better. Kathy, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little about you. All right. Well, thank you. And thank you for having me. You're uh, my name is Kathy Giorgio. I am the director and founder of All Writers Workplace and Workshop, LLC, which is a, well, now it's international, an international creative writing studio that offers online and on-site classes and workshops in creative writing, as well as coaching and editing services. So basically what we do, we're 14 years old. And we help writers of every level, you know, whether you are just putting your first words on the page or whether you have five books published, you have a home here. I'm a writer myself. I've written my entire life. My first uh, short story was published when I was 15. And wow. my first novel didn't get published until I was 50. And there, there was a whole lot in between. <laughs> uh, but now I have... I, I have to stop and remember what I have. I have published traditionally, so through publishers, five novels, uh, two short story collections, a book of essays, uh, two poetry chapbooks, and this September, a full-length collection of poetry will be released. Wow. So basically, my whole life is writing. Congratulations. That is... Thank you. That is a wonderful list of accomplishments, and um, I can't even imagine the the struggles that went along with it. So, <laughs> so first, let's start with who do you serve? How do you serve them and why? You kind of touched on all three of those, um, but my listeners are used to me hearing that, used to me saying that. So if you can just kind of reiterate, who do you serve? How do you serve them and why? Maybe that's the one that we didn't cover, the why. The why is the biggie, I suppose. Yeah. Hang on, my cat is jumping on my desk. Let me that's see. all right. Her before she joins us, she will be. Who do I serve is pretty obvious, writers. Yes. And, and yet I worry about that because some people think I'm not a writer yet. Yeah. So does she serve me? 
So I would broaden that to say I serve people who want to write, who have dreamed of writing, and I serve people who are already writing and want to go further. Right. Okay. Uh, how do I serve them is, is through the classes and workshops and also with working one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, coaching, one-on-one -on -one coaching is probably the most intense thing that I do where I do work face-to-face -face or through online. With a writer, we go through the entire book or whatever it is they're writing, and I help them to market it. I teach them how to write the query letter, the synopsis, where do we find the markets, all of that. Um, so that's how, but I also provide a lot of emotional support for the writers because mm. writing, writing can be a pretty rocky journey. Yes. Whether you are writing fiction or nonfiction or poetry, you know, there's, there's always a personal and emotional element to it that sometimes people have to work through. Why? Because it's what I would have wanted. You know, as, as I struggled through becoming a writer, you know, our, our original motto was writing is an act of isolation, but writers don't have to be isolated. Mm. And I very much lived that. I mean, I, I believed that to write, I had to be by myself all the time. I had to seal myself off in a room somewhere and, and just pound the keys and hope that the muse would come. And that's not the way writing works at all. <laughs> we, we need company. You know, I, I really wanted to have a place when I was becoming a writer and when I was starting to put the studio together where a writer could step out of wherever they were writing and go to that water cooler and be able to speak with other writers about, you know, I just spent the last two hours trying to find the right word for the color of the sky in <laughs> August in Wisconsin after a rainstorm. You know, and most people would say, blue. <laughs> Not writers. You know, we have to find the exact right word. And so mm -hmm. I, I, I wanted a place where writers would understand the struggle and would share it with each other and help them up and over without such a sense of competitiveness you know, oh, if I help this person, are they going to copy what I'm writing? Right. And, and I, I wanted to make it a safe place. Right. And, and that's what All Writers is. Yeah. That's amazing because something that you said, I want to make sure people heard you say, you're, you help writers get up and over. Because yes. standing up and recognizing that there's, an, a, there's a problem or a challenge, I should say, not necessarily a problem. Um, but then the over part is the action. Right. And that part of it is where I assume you come into play. You're mm -hmm. saying, okay, now that we've gotten you up, now let's get you over it. That's, right. that's part of it that I don't think people kind of put together. They're like, okay, I'm up, so I'm automatically over it. And, and that's not necessarily the case. No, there, there are leaps of confidence and faith throughout the writing process. Mm -hmm. And writers are the weirdest conundrum of absolute <laughs> confidence and absolute crippling, just not feeling good about ourselves. self you know, man. Yeah. I mean, we will go from thinking, of course I can write this story. And people are going to want to read this story. And it's going to be great. And, you know, there's no bigger ego than thinking that you are going to put words down that people are going to love. Mm -hmm. And then you turn around and say, who's going to want to read this? Right. Why am I even bothering to do this? 
and writing, I mean, we, we work and we work and we don't get paid right. until there's a finished product. And sometimes even then we don't get paid. Right. So we, we don't have that usual workforce feel of do the work, get paid. Right. We do it because we love it. And some days we really think we can do it. And days that we think we can't, we have to fight through it. Right, right. I love that it's a labor of love um, when you think about the the passion and the self that has to be poured into a book. Um, like you said, whether it's nonfiction or fiction, um, mm -hmm. that's just such a great gift from the writer um, to people. So mm -hmm. um, books transcend, I think, books and movies and music you know they just transcend all differences that we have um as humans. i would agree yeah so so then i know that you said that you created this because it was something that you didn't have you you couldn't right. find um so how did you come up like formulate this into this beautiful thing that it is now what, what were the what were the what were the over you know views steps that you took well you know i love that you said you know that that nothing happens without purpose without a reason because i i mean i've known i've wanted to be a writer for as long as i've lived mm. you know i was i think i was in the fifth grade when when i presented my first short story to my class and my teacher in the back of the room said Oh my God, Kathy, you're a writer. Mm. And I thought, oh, okay, that's that's what I am. Yeah. And that's what I've always wanted to be. I never set out to be a teacher, and I certainly never set out to be a business owner. Mm. I, I, I never had that on my goal list. Right. And the teaching came about in 1996. I was approached by my city's park and rec department, who asked me if I would teach a creative writing class. And oh, I thought, cool. park and rec departments have creative writing classes? <laughs> yeah, I, I thought it was all soccer and t-ball. And yeah, <laughs> I, I, was, <laughs> I was amazed. And, and then the class they wanted me to teach. Now, 96, I would have been 36 years old. And they wanted me to teach a class that they called senior scribes. So it was all mm -hmm. people over 55, which I certainly am now. But back then, I thought... I'm going to be teaching a bunch of people who are writing about their surgeries and their grandchildren. And really, <laughs> I, I did it and discovered that I loved it and, you know, and, and, and that I could do it. You know, I, mm -hmm. I think the first thing I discovered was that I had an ability to teach, but the most important thing was finding that I loved it. Right. I, I enjoyed myself in front of this group. They were not writing about their surgeries and their grandchildren. You know, the, the very first class, one of one of the men read about a bracelet he gave his wife and it was a poem. And the way he described this bracelet on his wife's wrist was so sensual, it oh. made me sweat. Wow. And and so I thought, you know, not not only am I teaching them, but they have an awful lot to teach me. Yeah. So word got out that I was teaching, and by the end of the first year, I was teaching for several local colleges and universities in their community education department. I was teaching online for Writer's Digest and iUniversity and Writer's Club, and all of a sudden, I was teaching 65 hours a week. 
Wow. And I thought, okay, maybe I should be under one roof. And I, I had my bachelor's degree in English with a creative writing emphasis. And I thought maybe I should get my master's, my MFA, and then I could teach academically. I mm -hmm. could be in the credited classes. Right. So I went to grad school in Vermont, and I was one of the few that was actually there for the teaching. Most people were there for the writing, but right. I was very comfortable with who I was as a writer at that point. I was already up in publishing, and I just wanted that teaching credibility. I got to the end, and at a panel that they did called Life After the MFA, we were told, well, you might get a job. You might get an interview if you have one book published. You might get a job if you have two books published. I had no books published at that mm -hmm. point. And all I could think of was I have just spent two years of my life, and who knows how much money, to get my degree, and now I'm being told I can't do what I want with it. Right, right. And I was already teaching. You know, my last advisor knew I was teaching 65 hours a week, plus writing, plus going to school. So I was certainly capable. Right. And he was starting an MFA program in his college. And I said, can you ask me to teach? And he said, no, you don't have a book out. You don't have that reputation. Wow. So I was horrified, you know, because I just thought, I can do this and, and I'm being told I can't do this. Right. So I, I went home and I had such a good core group of students and they basically circled me and said, why don't you start your own place? Yeah. Why don't you just start your own school? That's awesome. You know, you are, are into, I was, I was interested in teaching every writer, you know, not just certain genres. I, I truly believe that the romance writer works just as hard as the literary fiction writer. Yeah. The poet works just as hard as the memoirist. And so they, I had a group of four students that sat down with me and helped me figure out a business plan. You know, how would this physically be possible? Should I do a nonprofit or an LLC? Right. And, and I had decided an LLC because I was so afraid with a nonprofit that I would build this place to a certain point and then the board could vote me out and, right. and my right. own studio wouldn't be my studio anymore. Right, right. So I, I began to approach, I approached a bank and gave them my business plan and they said, this is never going to fly. You know, you have, you have no proof that this is going to go and you have no business being in business because wow. you don't know a thing. And I, again, was horrified. It was like, this is something that's new. Why can't something new survive? <laughs> so I, I did it anyway. Yeah. And so All Writers was incorporated um, in 2005. We opened our doors it's been done totally without any business loans, without any grants, nothing. It is all supported by its students. That's amazing. And I chose the name All Writers because, again, I wanted to teach all writers. I wanted it to be a home for everybody. Right. And so I, and <laughs> a friend of mine who owns a beauty salon described owning your own business as, well, I left a 40 hour a week job to work 100 hours a week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, right. Kathy. That is basically it. <laughs> so you said that you did it anyways. And I love that because for me, what you had 
was support. You had a vision. You had, um, you know, this innate knowing within you. So Mm -hmm. how did that part come about? Because people doubt themselves so much. So how did you, how did you overcome that, that part of um, the journey? I think it, it mostly came from the people I was teaching before Mm -hmm. I opened the studio. When again, with that realization that I do have something to offer. I do have knowledge that's valuable and, and seeing their faces, you know, when I could turn to them and suggest just a change of a word or a change in how they were presenting a character and how all of a sudden the story would fall into place. And, and you could see, I mean, it's joy when, when you finally have a piece saying what you want it to say. And, and that, got me through more than anything because again I wanted that when when I was becoming a writer I was very lucky to have teachers that believed in me all the way up but there was also a feeling of am I really that good you know there's there's all these people out there writing how am I possibly going to have anyone pay attention to me right and and I had parents that that were not very supportive. You know, I got a lot of teasing about how I wanted to be writing the great American novel. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, even when I landed my first agent, the, the response was, why you? Why, why would they want to work with you? Oh, and so to go from oh. that with people who, who saw value in what I did was what made me want to do it more. Right. Because I wanted to give them what I didn't have. Right, right. I love that you said belief. The, oh, there's a lot people, of belief. You yeah. had people that believed in you, and then you turned around and you believed in others. Mm-hmm. That's just, it's just beautiful. It's one of the reasons I absolutely love doing these interviews, because I get to see so many people having a positive impact on this world. Yeah. And it's so good to be able to do that. Right. You know, and, and to feel like you are doing something that is worthwhile, which is, you know, when I, when I do talk with people about starting their own business, my first thing is, gosh, please make sure it's something you're passionate about. Right. And that you love. Don't let it just be, I've had this idea and I think it can make a lot of money. Right. It's, if you're going to give your life to something like this and, and trust me with running your own business, it is giving your life to it. Yeah. You better be passionate about what you're doing and you better love what you're accomplishing. Right. Yeah. That's amazing advice. It is 100% the truth. Um, you may get some sort of, um, some, some semblance resemblance of success, but It's not long lasting if you don't love it. Right. Yeah. So with the workshops online, Mm -hmm. are there specific um, like tactics? I don't want to say tactics. That sounds, has a negative connotation, but um, are there specific ways that you work with um, students to get over their own self-doubt, their own, you know, self-worth? 
Well, I do. I mean, I do a lot of positive critique. Mm. You know, I, when, when I was first starting to teach, I talked with one of my own mentors who said, always lead with a positive, mm. you know, because if, if you give someone a positive, they can hang on to that, even as you're telling them how to fix things, you know, right. it's, they got that positive, like a, a life preserver. And I still follow that. And there's always something positive in every piece. Yeah. I, I, I want writers to know that they're going to walk out of the studio knowing what they need to fix, but also knowing what they did right and what is so well done. Right. And you know, that, that is important to, otherwise you begin to feel very beaten down. Yes. When, yes. when I was in grad school, I mean, the, the, the workshops were basically cutthroat. It, it seemed like the whole purpose was to let's get rid of the week so the rest of us can move forward to the publishing houses. And I hated that. Wow. It's not how I did my own teaching. Right. So I, I, I think just getting across, first off, being able to listen to the student, figure out what it is they're trying to say, helping them find their voice. You know, he's a, a writing teacher should not be saying, if you want to be a success, write like I do. We have to teach people how to write like they do. And, and so it's, it's very much learning to listen, not only to the words on the page, but what the writer is saying to me. Yeah. So that I can get it all to match up. Right. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, it's so hard to find someone that says, don't emulate me. Don't copy me. Refine your art, refine and define your way of thinking and your way of doing things. And when I see those ads that say, make $60,000 in five days, and I'm always like, do people realize, number one, that there's so much backstory to all of that if you made $60,000 in five days? Um, but also, that's not you. That, right. That's not you, that's not your business, that's not your clients. So for someone to, create an ad that says, you know, X amount of dollars in so many days, they're praying to the vulnerable. They're, you know, to those people who are desperate and getting to the point where they're like, well, I've got to make some money. So mm -hmm. if, if spending, you know, $900 on this course is going to make me 60,000 in five days, then that $900 is not going to mean anything to me. You know? Right. Um, so, I struggle with that a great deal. And I tell my clients all the time, don't buy another course. Don't sign up for another freebie or, or subscribe list. You have to refine your art. Right. Whatever that is. So yeah. yeah. And I, I feel the same way about the courses that I see that, that are called, you know, write your novel in a weekend. Yeah. You know, write your novel in a month. Right. No, you'll end up with a novel that sounds like you wrote it in a weekend. Right. You know, there's there's got to be time invested. Yeah. So, I hear you. Yeah. So, as far as the entire writing process, mm -hmm. um, do you have like connections with um, editors and publishers, and you know, you have all of that? Um, I do. Kind of in house. That's amazing. Well, and what has happened over the years is that, that as my students began to publish books 
And I think we're somewhere between the 150 and 160 book contracts now. Wow, that's awesome. The publishers are telling me, we know when we receive a book that in the query letter it says, I worked with all writers, that it's a polished book. It's yeah. done. It's not yeah. going to require a lot of work. And they know that I've taught them how to match themselves with the publishers so that they're not getting a book that really has nothing to do with what the publisher right. wants to do. Nice. So I have been told that, that books who get submitted to them are taken off the slush pile and put right away on the must-read pile. Wow, that's awesome. So it's, it's been a really big journey. And, you know, and I do have, have editors from magazines that I, I contact. I speak with them every now and then about, okay, what are we doing now? Is it still Times New Roman 12-point font? Or have we switched to Arial and have we gone back to Times New Roman? So that I can make sure that I have cutting-edge information on what is happening with the publishing industry now. And it changes all the time. Right. You know, with, with the, the major birth now of the ebook. I mean, ebooks tried for years to get a foothold and the technology just wasn't there and they were terrible, so they would die. Now they're here to stay. Yeah. You know, yep. and, and so we need to know about that and we need to learn what, what fits in an ebook, what fits in a paper book. And and actually, I mean, most people think that ebooks outsell print books. That is still not the case. Yeah. Print books are outselling ebooks. Yeah. So, you know, it's, I think that is probably the number one mistake that people who go into self-publishing make is they just do the ebook. Mm. Well, because it's cheap. Right. People want a book. Right. You know, they want to hold on to one. So, yeah. but yeah, I do have that. That I make it a point. You know, and so I, and I tell people, if you're going to a conference, if you're going to another place that teaches, make sure you ask the instructor, what have you published? When have you published? And because if, if you are writing poetry, you don't necessarily want to take a class with someone who has only written fiction. Right. You know, you want someone who is writing what you're writing. Right. The when and where have you published is important because if they are someone who hasn't published anything within the last couple of years, they are out of touch with what's going on in the publishing industry. Yep. Yep. And where, you know, you, you want to know that people who are presenting their books, if you want to go into traditional publishing, (laughs) right. You want to make sure their books are traditionally published. Right. You know, if you want to self-publish, then go with someone who is self-published. Right. Because they're all very different. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. I and I tend to push the traditional side because I I don't believe that writers should have to pay to get their work published after they have spent so much time writing it. Right. Right. Yeah. I can see those worlds being just completely different and having different expectations and output and timing, you know, all of that, I could see how it would be very different. Um, and I, I appreciate the fact that you stay up to date. Um, that's so important for instructors, um, whoever, you know, what, no matter what they're teaching. Um, I, I worked in higher education before I went full-time doing my business. Um, and there were um, professors teaching marketing courses um, that hadn't done hadn't been in the field since the seventies, you know, Wow! And, and I'm like, that teacher has no knowledge right. of what's going on right now. 
And if you don't stay up to date, you, you become a dinosaur, you become yeah. a relic, um, you know, so I appreciate that. That's wonderful insight on your part. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm. So Kathy, um, as we wind down, um, I'd like for you to just talk to that person who's saying, oh my gosh, I need to write this book. I, it's, it's all I think about. It's consuming me, but I don't even know where to start. Talk to that person. The first start is of course the first word on the page. Mm. And, and one of my favorite comic strips is with Peanuts with Charlie Brown and Snoopy. Yeah. And Snoopy is on his doghouse being the writer. <laughs> and, and he says, you know, here is the world famous writer getting ready to start the first word of his novel. And he hits one letter and has to erase it because it's the wrong one. <laughs> right. And, and I use that to show, yes, get started, but be prepared to make mistakes and be prepared to rewrite. You know, don't, don't think you're going to write it perfectly the first time. The mm. art of writing is really in the rewrite. But secondly, don't isolate yourself. Get out among writers. Find a group. And, and make sure it's a group. It's not just a group of writers that get together to talk. If you don't have a definite leader, it tends to dissolve very quickly into just a coffee group. Right. You need someone to lead it. So find a workshop, find someone to be with. You may, if you are literally writing for the first time, you might want to take a how-to course, you know, just to get started to give you more than anything, a sense of comfort. Right. Of, right. Okay, these are the things I need to know. I need to know how to write a character. I need to know how to do description. I need to know how to write dialogue. It gives you a sense of footing if you do a how-to. And, and so I often suggest to people, take a how-to and then let's move into the workshop. Right. Either way, you'll be surrounded with people who are helping you. So that foundation is important. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But don't do the Hollywood version of the writer, which is to find a space in your attic, go up there, shut the door, don't let anybody in and keep yourself alone for hours. That's, right. you'll drive yourself crazy really quickly. Right. You know, right. and I think probably the number one reason why people quit is they say they don't have the time. Right. So again, with expectations, don't think that you have to sit down for hours at a time, 20 minutes. You know, you have 20 minutes while dinner is in the oven, mm -hmm. sit down and write. You know, my, my husband takes uh, the bus back and forth to work. He writes on the bus because he has time to do so. Right. And it's, it, most of us do not sit down for four hours or eight hours to write. We just don't have the time for that. Yeah. Plus physically, it's almost impossible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nowadays, our attention span is so short, um, yeah. you know, and I think, you know, that advice is, is awesome advice because it, it shortens the expectations of yourself. Right. Right. But just do it. And I mean, if it helps, write down all your reasons why you think you can't do it and then burn it. 
because chances are you can do it anyway. You know, I get a lot of people coming in saying, you know, I'm retired now. I really want to do this. Am I too old? No, <laughs> you know, just, just do it anyway. You know, we had, and I, I cannot remember her name, but the book last summer that was so hot, you know, where the crawdads sing. <laughs> that was a novel that was published by a 70 year old, her first book ever. And wow. I mean, New York Times bestseller list, making it into a movie. We talk a lot about ageism, but I think the publishing industry is one place where we can break through that. For sure. And, you know, you write a good thing, who cares how old you are? Just get right. it out there. So, right. yeah. So, taking that very first step is the most just important. Do it. Just yeah. take that first step. I love it. Kathy, thank you so much. How can folks get in touch with you if they would like to um, sign up for a course or join a Facebook group? How, how can people get in touch with you? The, the All Writers website is www.allwriters, which is one word, A-L-L-W-R-I-T-E-R-S, workshop.com. And if you just Google All Writers, it'll come up. Okay. Um, you can certainly find me on Facebook just by Googling my name. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. You can, I'm very easy to find. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> Both so, as a writer and as a teacher. <laughs> so we'll put all of that in the show notes um, and make sure that everybody has that um, ability to get in touch with you. Yes. Kathy, thank you so much for your time and space. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. It was my pleasure. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye-bye.